What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football Time Podcast. We got a fun one today. I'll be honest, I absolutely nerded out over preparing this episode. I have come prepared with this episode with five shocking midseason stats to share with you all. And the catch is, is Jason doesn't know these stats. He has not heard them. And they are pretty cool. They're pretty interesting. And some of them might just surprise you. So make sure you stay tuned for the entire episode to hear all five shocking stats. If you're enjoying the content, make sure you hit the little plus sign on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leave us a five-star review if you feel so obligated. And then follow us on all of our forms of social media at FFTimePod. That's Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at FFTimePod. I hope you guys enjoy episode 23 of Fantasy Football Time Podcast. Let's get into it. One, two, three, go! Just like that, we are back with another episode of Fantasy Football Time Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Wallach. My partner in crime to my left is Jason, the big frappe Gruber. Jason, good to be with you. How are you, man? It's good to be here. And uh, just for the listeners at home or on the road or wherever you are, uh, we were just talking about a little Starbucks birthday drink. And Joe was just enlightened that you get, if you're like a card holder or whatever it's called, to have the Starbucks app, that you get a free drink on your birthday. Yeah, my birthday was on Friday and I did not know about this. So I apparently missed out. You missed out. So Starbucks, where is your marketing team on getting this information to me? Maybe I'm just way behind on this. I feel this. like you are. And and I think Joe called me Big Frappe because big, uh, limited staple. imagination, right? Yeah, or, or staple, <laughs> sure, whatever. It's a, staple it's a generous podcast. way to describe it. Uh, and I always get a Frappuccino on my birthday uh, with a couple of shots of espresso added because I am basic. I mean, so. this is episode 23. That's 23 nicknames I've, have, I've had to give you. And I'll be honest, it gets tough. Yeah. So I got to kind of go back to what I know sometimes, which is... Big Frappe, Big Cornfield, yep. Big Gruber, Makes like sense. all these things. You gotta, yeah. You gotta, and, and if it works, why change it? Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, we are glad that you guys are joining us here at Fantasy Football Time Podcast, episode 23. We got a fun one for you. And I'll, I'll be honest, Jason, as I prepared for this show, I like, I ha- I felt like you in that I really nerded out over some statistics and and research into going into the show. So I now know a little bit like how your brain works where you can just go down rabbit holes of stats and analytics to find things out about fantasy football. And I'll be honest, I'm really excited for this episode. We got some news from around the NFL. We got a lot of big news from around the NFL, not just injuries today. We're talking trades and stuff too. And then we're doing a segment called Shocking stats where i have basically pulled from a a big pool of data and analytics to find five stats that are pretty interesting pretty surprising and and might just blow your mind in the in the catches is jason has not heard these stats so i'm going to get his live reaction to these shocking stats but before we get into that let's talk about some news And let's just address the elephant in the room. We might be the last podcast or the last football media to be talking about this. You know it by now. Christian McCaffrey has been traded to the 49ers. Superstar running back from the Carolina Panthers to the San Francisco 49ers. 
Jason, I know you got a lot to say about Christian McCaffrey. So let's hear you. How do you feel about this trade? Yeah. So, um, I mean, first of all, it is a blockbuster trade. And one of the things that's been like, my team is like just okay at fantasy this year, which has actually given me a little bit of a different perspective in general. And one of the things that I've noticed is I just want guys that I think are fun to watch on my team. Like that actually kind of makes fantasy more fun. You know, even if you have a guy who's doing well, but he's boring to watch, uh, a la Joe Mixon, right? Um, it's, it's just more fun to have guys who are like fun on your team. So I don't know if that's helpful for you, but that's one of the things that's almost like made fantasy more fun this year. But I actually just did a trade um, a couple hours ago. And I, I don't even know that I love the trade, to be honest. Like I feel like I gave up a ton of value but I traded Alvin Kamara and T Higgins uh, for Christian McCaffrey. Who did I get? Chase Claypool. Uh, Chase Claypool, who is just a guy. He's, <laughs> he's just a guy. But he's just a guy. More importantly, but you I got, got Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Uh, and so I was willing to do that trade because I do feel like Christian McCaffrey can just be unlocked on a great offense. Hundred percent. I think he's going. First of all, already the 49ers running back was viewed as like as a running back one. Right, and you for know, the last couple of years, it's just been a bunch of guys. It's, it's been yeah. Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, Tevin Coleman, and we've all known that whoever is the starting running back for the San Francisco 49ers is going to be good for fantasy just based on Kyle Shanahan's schemes and a good offensive line. Like We know whoever is that running back is going to be great for fantasy, and now they have a legit superstar in yes. San Francisco. And and um, I don't know whoever's listening to this, like, when you watch, there are just some players when you watch, it's clear that that guy is like the most elite of athletes. Mm-hmm. And anytime you see Christian McCaffrey on the field, he is he's just head and shoulders more athletic, faster, quicker, you name it, than those around him. So all that to say is, I love this for Christian McCaffrey. I feel like his value goes up by so much. I mean, he was already uh, running back three on the year going into this week. Um, I feel like he's the clear running back one. And I don't even really feel like it's that close. Austin Eckler right now, Austin Eckler is getting it done solely based off getting the ball dumped down to him. And and that probably, like, I'm not, Austin Eckler's great. This isn't like, a, Austin Eckler sucks. Um, I just feel like Christian McCaffrey has a much higher ceiling than Austin Eckler only getting it done through the passing game. Um, Saquon, I feel like Saquon's getting tons of usage. I feel like Christian McCaffrey is just going to get more and um, and he's on a much better team. You know, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, I think, is just up there as well. Christian McCaffrey just has a different level ceiling. And so I love this for, for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, here's the only person, obviously, it kills Jeff Wilson's value. <laughs> like Jeff Wilson, I mean, yeah, you can probably cut him. To you be can honest. probably cut him. Uh, Elijah Mitchell. I wouldn't cut Elijah Mitchell just because Chris McCaffrey gets hurt. But yeah. uh, like realistically, no one else in that backfield is going to have any value. Nope. Um, I think that's true. I think that this raises Brandon Ayuk's value. Um, I think that there's just going to be more room for him. I think this lowers Debo's value. Yeah, and I think you're right. And I think that that's actually what pains me because I am a Debo owner in one of my leagues. And when I saw this trade break, I'm like, ooh, the 49ers draw up so many designed screen passes for Debo that I wonder if they're going to start designing those plays for Christian McCaffrey now. And I worry that Debo is going to get significant, maybe not significant, but less work now than he was before 
the trade. I think Debo's still a guy who you should be starting every week because he's incredibly talented, but I do think his target volume will probably take a little bit of a hit. Yeah. Yeah, he's still incredibly talented, like you said. So I think I think he takes a hit. I think George Kittle probably just stays at the same. He's a really valuable. He's a valuable tight end that you should be starting. Yeah, he's like somewhere around tight end, you know, three to five sort of thing. One of the one of the not quite elite guys, but definitely better than the bunch. So I love it for Chris McCaffrey and everybody else. It changes things a little bit, but but not a ton. Uh, and yeah, I'm all in on Chris McCaffrey. You know, I don't want to say being a league winner because he was already Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. but I do. I feel like it just his ceiling um, is so much higher than it was where where he was playing before. Yep, totally agree. Brees Hall my darling, suffered a torn ACL. He is out for the season. Pour one out for Brees Hall. And then in related news with this injury, the Jets have now a need at running back. So what do they do? They go out and they trade for James Robinson from the Jacksonville Jaguars. So now James Robinson and Michael Carter look to be sharing the workload in in the New York Jets for the time being. And then on the Jacksonville side, they're now all in on Travis Etienne. He's the guy. He's their three down back, right? Would you would you say that's probably true, Jason? Yeah, uh, Travis Etienne to the moon, right? As they say. Um, first of all, it really stinks for Brees Hall. Like talking about league winners, Brees Hall was a league winner. He was a guy who you got at a really yeah, affordable he was price. The, he was the running back six on the season and, before. Yeah, and the people were people drafted him in a way that they were like, man, I hope this guy's really good in the second half. And guess what? He was really good in the first half. Yeah. So I do think it's it's uh, fair to say that Brees Hall probably would have been a league winner, was kind of a league winner for you um, up to this point, almost like Derrick Henry last year, the first half of the season. Uh, very different, right? Derrick Henry was destroying everyone, but um, similar just from a value perspective. So that's a big bummer about Brees Hall. Um, Travis Etienne, I think, is probably a running back one. Um, he's at least a high end running back to rest yeah, of the season. I think if you actually like charted it out and started listing names, I feel like it'd be hard to get past like running back 10 for him, you know? Um, so I, yeah, I think that he's that late, that late end running back one. Um, Let me throw some names at you that are currently ahead of, um, who are we talking about? ETN. Travis Etienne. ETN. Yes. Let me throw you a few names that are ahead of Travis Etienne and see what you think rest of season. Travis Etienne or Miles Sanders. Yeah, that was like the first name. I was like, he's definitely going to say Miles Sanders. Because Miles Sanders then, is still the running back 14. And then I had it in my brain so much that I was like, he's for sure not going to say that, and you're going to be unprepared to answer this question. Travis Etienne, though. That's okay. uh, So Miles Sanders, I think, is good, but he's in a three-way timeshare, kind of. I'm not trying to, like, smash sure. him there. Sure. Uh, but also, Jalen Hurts scores all the time yep. <laughs> from a rushing perspective. Travis Etienne or Damian Pierce. Ooh, that's a great comp. Um, Travis Etienne. He, I feel like uh, Travis Etienne is on a better offense. Yep. I think that he's a much better player. Specifically, I feel like he has big play ability or whatever. Um, whereas Damian Pierce is like way more the volume play. Damian Travis, Pierce is Travis the, Etienne's a clear better pass catcher. Yeah. And Damian Pierce is like David Montgomery of old, you know. He's getting <laughs> his value by like 20 touches sure. and like being above average player. Travis Etienne, last one. Travis Etienne or Joe Mixon? Uh, Joe Mixon. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they're right now they're passing the ball so much, 
but their offense is so good that that I would rather have Joe Mixon. I think so. I like Joe Mixon. I've had him on a bunch of teams in the past. I think Joe Mixon is so boring to me. Like he's he's just like a. I feel like everyone tells me he's a great running back, and then I watch him, and I'm like, yeah, he's just feels like an okay running back. He's um, he is an okay running back. Look, I'm glad you said that because <laughs> Joe Mixon tends to get a lot of love because he's a flashy name. He's on a good offense. The dude's just, I in my opinion, just an extremely mediocre running back. He's only averaging 3.3 a carry, which is the lowest among the current running back ones. Um, he's he's so just volume dependent. Um, well, and I think what you're saying, Joe, you're not saying he's a mediocre fantasy asset. No, you're I'm like just in real from football, a real football yeah. running back perspective. I think he's a middle of the pack running back. Yeah. Um, All right. And he was like just a great prospect. I think that's oh, what sure. went into it. Um, okay. So the next question though is Michael Carter, James Robinson. Yeah. Who would you start this week? So this, this week, week I would, this week I would start, start Michael Carter. Okay. Um, I would rather be on the James Robinson side. First of all, I would say it's not clear. Yeah. It isn't super obvious where it's like, Oh, come on. Everyone should know this. I, um, I like James Robinson more. I feel like they did a trade for James Robinson where they could have just went in and gotten old guys or whatever. Uh, <laughs> they could have done what um, the Ravens have done in the past and they're just go get a bunch of guys. But I feel like James Robinson to me just has more upside. Michael Carter probably yep. will catch the ball more, but yep. um, I could see James Robinson, especially just doing what Brees Hall did and, and own the backfield more and more every week. Um, but I don't feel like that's like super obvious and um, that's just the side that I would rather be on. For sure. All right, the Indianapolis Colts, my Indianapolis Colts, are benching veteran quarterback Matt Ryan and rolling out second-year quarterback Sam Ellinger this Sunday versus the Washington Commanders. Jason, how do you feel about some of the Colts' weapons in light of this? I, In my opinion, I don't think it makes that much of a difference. It may be a little bit, but... As a as a Colts fan, I feel qualified to speak on this that Matt Ryan was leading the league in turnovers. And the offensive line for the Indianapolis Colts is bad. And so far, Michael Pittman has I I heard this stat on another fantasy football podcast earlier that Michael Pittman has yet to be targeted like down the field this season, like on a deep route, which is crazy to think about for a wide receiver of that caliber. And that's because the Colts offensive line is not protecting the quarterback. But Sam Ellinger can do things that Matt Ryan can't do. Sam Ellinger is a young quarterback. He's going to make mistakes. But he is at least athletic. He is mobile. He can get out of the out of the pocket and extend some plays. He's probably going to make some mistakes. He's probably going to throw some interceptions this Sunday. But he also might be able to scramble, ad-lib, and be able to make a play down the field to Michael Pittman, to Alec Pierce. So I'm not pivoting away from my Colts players after this news, but I'm definitely going to watch that game closely this weekend and, and be and be willing to trade them if I if I see something that I don't like. But I'm not I'm not out on them. I, I still think Michael Pittman could be good. I still think Jonathan Taylor is is a a great running back based on how much volume he gets. Um but Jason, what do you think? Yeah, so uh, Jonathan Taylor, I think this like maybe knocks him down a tiny notch. 
I mean, you're like Jonathan Taylor's amazing. So down a tiny notch is like, I don't know, running back four on the year, you know, like, right. Can you name? Yeah. I mean, I think you can name three guys. Maybe, maybe it brings him down to running back five rest of the season. Uh, but like he's fine. I'm I'm not super worried about him. I think to say Michael Pittman is going to be fine is probably true. But, like, he's going to be fine in the way that he's been fine so far, which has been, like, disappointing. You know, he was he was drafted right around wide receiver 12, and he's been wide receiver 16 so far, which uh, which is, I mean, it's just it's been a little bit disappointing, you know. So I don't expect a big improvement. I'm not super excited about this. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just it is what it is. If you're a Michael Pittman owner, I don't think you can trade him and get – great value so i think you're just still you're still playing him and hopefully he's your wide receiver two and not your wide receiver yeah he's he's wide receiver 16 in fantasy points per game he's wide receiver 21 in total fantasy points so still wide receiver two still someone you're starting but um not the season that you were hoping all right let's keep moving on with the news david njoku will miss two to five weeks with a high ankle sprain so if you've been rolling out David Njoku as a tight end stream um, time to probably cut him. So that doesn't put him, he's not eligible for IR, right? Mm, he hasn't been put there yet. Yeah. I don't think he's going to. It, I, I probably lean towards the shorter of the two to five weeks, um, but high ankle sprains can linger. They're, yeah, it's definitely, know, he's definitely going to be out this week. He might next be a stash. Week. He might be a stash. Yeah, I, think, but, I think he's right on that edge where he's been good enough that I'm, I would consider stashing him if I could. But he hasn't. I'm not like. <laughs> but if you need the roster spot, I think you can cut him yeah. and pick up another. Because he might tight be out end. five weeks, right? You know, uh, but I don't think he's a. It's not an obvious cut to me. That's all I'll okay. say. Yeah, I agree. DK Metcalf. He was actually. This was scary. He was carted off the field Sunday, but and then after the game, it came out that it has just he like sprained his patellar tendon and his knee. Um, he doesn't need surgery. And in fact, he might practice this week and play, which is such a bizarre, like exchange of events going from being carted off the field to might need surgery to now doesn't need surgery. Was he carted off because he had to use the bathroom again? Is that what it was? (laughs) I don't think it was a bathroom related carting of DK Metcalf this time. Um, but if you're the DK Metcalf owner, something to monitor, you might miss him for at least one week but he also dk himself has said i would like to practice this week and i would like to play on yeah Sunday. you know just look at look at the practice reports yep. i think for this i would need to see him practice in full like at least one day this week in my opinion for before, sure before i would be like oh yeah dk is gonna play because i mean we've seen this with a bunch of players this year we saw this with amon Ra. we saw this with t higgins where they were like oh yeah we're good to play and then, like, didn't actually play. Like, suited up and scored zero, basically. Yep. So, monitor the Thursday-Friday practice reports with DK. Amon Ross St. Brown, another weird situation. He he was in the – he returned from injury. Finally, you got Amon Ra back. He catches one pass in the first quarter, gets knocked out of the game with supposedly a concussion because they, like, did the whole review process in the NFL now where they're, like, looking at the player from the camera angles and being like, okay, he looks a little dizzy you got to pull him out of the game. So it looked like he had a concussion, but then after the game, Dan Campbell, head coach of the Lions, said he doesn't have a concussion. So Amon Ra is like, I think he's good to play this Sunday. Like, he doesn't actually have a concussion, but again, the current concussion protocols in the NFL have gotten a little more extreme in recent weeks. So 
you might unfortunately be without Amon Ra again, but he, he did not suffer a concussion. So I think he will play on Sunday, but something to keep in mind, Debo Samuel day to day with a hamstring injury. We've already talked about Debo a little bit today, but this is, uh, it's not good. We, if there's one thing we know about hamstring injuries from our, our boy Keenan Allen is they, uh, are not exactly the easiest and quickest to recover from. So I'm hopeful that it's not too bad of a hamstring strain. Maybe it's just a strain instead instead of like a pulled muscle or even a partial tear. Um, and hopefully he can be out there Sunday. Right now we don't know much. Continue to monitor the practice reports for Debo Samuel. Jason, did we miss anything news related? I don't think so. Yeah, I think we're good. Okay, let's move on to shocking stats. We're about halfway through the fantasy football season and I've done a deep dive. I've really done my homework on these shocking stats and Jason has not heard these yet. So I'm going to read each of these five stats and I'm going to ask Jason for his input. I'm going to ask him some questions about these stats and also I just want to kind of hear his reaction based off of these stats. So here is the first one I'm going to read to you, Jason. Are you ready? I am now ready. Okay. Okay. Shocking stat number one. These three running backs were all drafted as running back ones, so top twelve guys. So is this like, a, do, am I supposed to guess them, no, or are you just going to no, tell them? I'm just, to me? I'm going to tell you, but there's okay. build up. Oh, there's build up. There's all some right. build up. Build that up. So all of these three guys were drafted as running back ones, and they are all now currently outside the top twenty, and they've played in, wow. and all of them have played in at least five games. Okay, I know. Jonathan Taylor, running back thirty-two. Oh, wow. wow, I did not. <laughs> I did not realize that. Jonathan Taylor's the running back 32. Alvin Kamara's the running back 29. I did know that. And Najee Harris is the running back 23. Jason, out of those three names, maybe tell me which one has surprised you the most? Like, as I read those names to you, which one stood out to you? Which yeah, one surprised you? Um, I probably, I, I didn't like Najee. So I don't, I don't want to say, like, I feel like I shouldn't say Najee because that one was the most obvious one. Um, Jonathan Taylor had injuries, and and they've struggled. Like he's gotten it done through volume, but he hasn't been what he was before. He hasn't caught as many passage passes. Uh, he hasn't like unleashed these like monstrous runs or like caught passes. So that's been a little bit surprising. Um, Alvin Kamara hasn't been used in the same way. Like the reason why Alvin Kamara is also was injury. The first four games it was essentially just injury. So. Um, I would say both Jonathan Taylor and Alvin Kamara are still top 10 guys, uh, you know, or right around there. Maybe Alvin Kamara is right at 10, whatever. Yeah. But they're still both top 10 guys. It was just because of injury early in the season. Yeah. And there's, here's a couple of stats with behind the stat that I think contribute to why these guys are so low. First of all, with Najee and with Jonathan Taylor, we're talking about Indianapolis has the 30th ranked offensive line My by goodness. pro football focus. Also the highest paid offensive line. Those wow. two things shouldn't add up, but they do. And, and that's the, something, Joe, in the past you've been like, our offensive line because, is awesome. Because we have three pro bowlers on our offensive line. They're Joe, just not playing well. You had three pro bowlers. You're so right. Look, <laughs> on, on while talking about the Colts, I'm going to the game this weekend. My, my very sweet girlfriend for my birthday got me Colts tickets, and we're going to the game. And let me tell you, Sam Ellinger versus Taylor Heineke is about to be worth the price of admission right, behind that elite. It's worth, it's worth line. those box sh- seats. She, uh, Oh, no doubt. For. 
Well, and then, okay, so and then Najee Harris on Pittsburgh has the 27th ranked offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus. And then Alvin Kamara doesn't have a rushing touchdown this year. Yeah, insane. So I think those three things kind of explain, uh, and injuries, like why those guys aren't inside the top 20. Yeah, and and, uh, the Saints offense hasn't been great. They've changed quarterbacks often. Also, I feel like he's gotten a lot of his points in garbage time. Like, he was on my team, so I was, like, watching those games more closely. And, you know, he would have nine points in the fourth quarter and then just get garbage time dump downs. Um, The one that's not surprising to me is Najee. He got all of his points last year off dump downs. You know, like, that was was how he – it was volume, and it was, like – Big Ben, who couldn't move, who was just like, "Here, guys, don't hit me. I'm gonna throw it to Najee." So, like that one's that one felt like the most obvious and predictable. And then the other ones, I expect to trend in a better direction. Uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you. Which of those three guys would you feel the most confidence that they will bounce back? Yeah, I feel really confident in Jonathan Taylor and in Alvin Kamara. I feel really like a lot of confidence in both of them. I think that I like Jonathan Taylor more than Alvin Kamara in part because in the past Alvin Kamara's value was attached to him catching the ball yep. and they're not passing him the ball nearly as much except for in garbage time. So with that said, like I do like Jonathan Taylor more. I think that he should be he is right around like RB5 on the season for me. Um right around Nick Chubb, you know. So Yeah, I th- I think the point being that it even no matter how great a pl- individual player might be, sometimes it's just so hard to overcome a bad offense. And I think that's probably the truth with those three guys this year. They could bounce back just based on how involved they are and how talented they are. But I think that partially explains why they are where they're at. Okay. Shocking stat. Sorry. Shocking stat number two. Seven of the current top 10 fantasy quarterbacks have multiple rushing touchdowns. Multiple rushing touchdowns. The three that don't, do you have any idea who they might be? The three quarterbacks in the top 10 that don't have three multiple rushing 10. touchdowns. Um, Geno Smith. Yep, uh, that's one. Does Pat Mahomes have multiple? Pat Mahomes is one of them as well. He does not have a rushing touchdown. Okay. There you go. I got two out of 10. Uh, I'm trying to think through the top 10 and guys that. Um, I'll give you I'll give you five seconds and then I'll just say it. Um. It's way more entertaining for guests to hear let, hear me go. Ah, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Justin know, Herbert. Justin Herbert. Justin okay. Herbert does yeah. not have a rushing touchdown. So I think the point within that that seven of the ten have not just one but multiple rushing touchdowns from your quarterback position. And I think we've been saying this. We said it all off season, and I think it remains true today that quarterbacks that run the ball just give you a significantly higher floor. And I think that's a sticky stat that's probably going to stay true for fantasy football seasons to come. So Jason, which, let me ask you this. I'm going to read through the list of the top 10 quarterbacks right now. You tell me which one has surprised you the most, maybe not named Geno Smith, because obviously we're all been surprised by Geno Smith. Number one, Josh Allen. These are And these are four point per touchdown. Patrick Mahomes, number two. Three, Joe Burrow. Four, Lamar Jackson. Five, Jalen Hurts. Six, Kyler Murray. Seven, Geno Smith. Eight, Justin Herbert. Nine, Daniel Jones. Ten, Trevor Lawrence. Which of those names has probably surprised you the most that's in that list? Yeah, you know, I mean, I could go, like, I think the last three guys in general are surprising, right? Geno Smith, Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones. Like, those guys 
are the um, are the obvious. Oh, I'm surprised because no one expected them to be top ten guys. But uh, I'm gonna go Joe Burrow. Um, I did not expect Joe Burrow to be as basically they're just passing the ball so much, and so I thought that Joe Burrow was going to be. Well, uh, um, I'll walk the back. I thought he was around, like, should be ranked around um, quarterback eight, knowing that, like, uh, like one of these guys is just because um, was going to stay healthy and then get bumped into the top five. I feel like that happens every year, where it's a Matt Stafford, it's a Tom Brady, it's some guy that passes the ball a ton and just doesn't get hurt, you know. And so that's why, like, last year Lamar was lower on the list because he got injured, you know. Um, but I'm surprised that Joe Burrow. Is, is all the way up at three. Yeah, he's. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's right up there with Patrick Mahomes. Yep. You know, so that one to me is the most surprising. The rest of this list, I think, makes a lot of sense, and I'm not. And Joe Burrow really has three rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Three. That's great from the from your quarterback yep. position. It's interesting that they're willing to do that on the goal line. You know, mm-hmm. um, which I, I they don't like to do the. You know, they love to do shotgun, so I think that makes it a little more challenging with Mixon. So they throw him under center and just you know send them in for sure so the point being continue to draft your quarterbacks that run the ball it basically always pays off outside of injury all right shocking stat number three these three wide receivers are all on pace for 160 plus targets this season which historically would make them a top 12 wide receiver however these three wide receivers are all currently sitting outside the top 20 in total fantasy points. The three wide receivers are can I, Michael can I, Pittman. Can I guess okay, yeah, can I already I guess said the one. Other two? Yep, try. Uh, Deontay and DJ. Nope. It is Michael Pittman, Cortland Sutton, oh. and Deontay Johnson. Michael Pittman okay. is currently the wide receiver 21, Cortland Sutton, wide receiver 27, and Deontay all the way down at wide receiver 38. And all of them are on pace for 160 targets. Fun fact, though, the only wide receiver last year in 2021 that was outside the top 12 that was on, that had 160-plus targets was DJ Moore. Yep, knew that. He was the wide receiver 19. So the fact that we have three guys right now that are outside the top 20 and are on pace for that many targets that would historically make them a top 12 guy, that really blew my mind. So out of those three guys, Jason, are you throwing the the are you waving the white flag on any of them all of them none of them where are you at with those three guys yeah I think I think the hardest one to judge is Cortland Sutton because of Russ's injury and how bad he's played because I definitely I would put in my uh, Michael Pittman seems like the best one that he's the guy that you want he's also probably going to be the most expensive I think you can get Deontay or Cortland Sutton pretty easily from most guys uh Cortland Sutton, I feel like, is the hardest one to figure out there because I think if Russ is back and Russ is healthy, I really still like Cortland Sutton quite a bit. Deontay, I don't love Deontay, right? Like, uh, Kenny Pickett likes George Pickens. He he does. So I think that Deontay is still going to get the more the most amount of targets, but they're not as valuable. So out of all of those, you know, I think you you like Michael Pittman the best, or you start there and then move to Cortland Sutton, and I still like him more than Deontay. But I, I still think all of those guys are like wide receiver twos. And even in a bad situation, they're like, you know, high end wide receiver twos, low end wide or high end wide receiver threes, low end wide receiver twos. And in a good situation, they could be wide receiver ones. Um, now, some of those situations aren't going to change. 
right? Like Michael Pittman's situation can change. Um, uh, Corlin Sutton's can change. I feel like Deontay is what he is at this point. He's he's what DJ Moore was in the past. So yeah, and it's 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 crazy. Deontay Johnson has 67 targets this year, which is a very high number. That's I want to say that's the highest outside of yeah. It's the it's the third third highest in the NFL, and wow. he's the wide receiver 38. He's just behind Tyreek Hill and Cooper Cup, who have 78 and 72 Once again, targets. He's a great player, but he's only caught. 38 of those 67 targets and that's and i i I wrote this in my notes i think all three of these guys can be contributed to one thing poor quarterback play michael Pittman's had to deal with matt ryan who has led the league in turnovers so less possessions for the indianapolis colts and matt ryan has looked like he can't drive the ball down the field like he used to and then deontay johnson's dealing with a combination of kenny pickett and mitch trubisky and those aren't great names and then on Cortland Sutton's been dealing with Russ, who's having the worst season of his career. So all three of those guys are are great wide receivers who are not being supported by their quarterbacks. So that that's shocking stat number three. Um, well, well, hang on, one more thing about these three guys. Um, someone asked me on our TikTok account, and I'll just throw a quick listener question out there. He asked me, "Can I drop Deontay Johnson?" You can. And you should not. I know that. That's what yeah. I told him. I said he. I said, dude, if you want to drop Deontay Johnson, I, I can't blame you. You've been patient up until this point, but it's really hard to drop a guy who is getting the third most targets in the NFL. Yeah, I can't imagine who you'd be picking up that's more valuable off yep. the waiver wire than Deontay Johnson. So, but nope. it's so hard. Like, do you want to continue to roll him out there and feel like it's a plague to your lineup? It's it's a tough situation if you're the Deontay Johnson. Yeah, player. I'd wait for a big week and trade him. Um, yeah, totally agree. But in and no, like knowing that you're not going to get some amazing value there. But like sometimes it's better to tr- just trade people because like you emotionally don't want to have them on your team. Yeah. You know, like like 100% it's just like I I don't care. I'm going to throw them in this like group trade where they where I'm giving away two or three players and I recognize he's just fluff. You yeah. know, but like emotionally that's better for you. So. Yeah, I think actually out of those three guys, I might disagree with you Jason. I might actually like Cortland Sutton the best of those three rest of season just because I I have the most confident confidence I don't have a lot of it, but the most, <laughs> but com- the most <laughs> of those three guys, I have the most confident that that quarterback will figure it out just based on the track record of him being a great quarterback for a long time. Dude, the Colts got the most- are rolling out Sam Ellinger and then the Steelers with Kenny Pickett. Like I, I just, I have more confidence that Russell Wilson can yeah. figure it out. Russell Wilson this year has been the craziest thing. In fact, I think, um, I saw that, uh, that like Las Vegas betting odds agree with this. Like this isn't my take. This is like Las Vegas betting odds that uh, that's been the biggest, like they've been the most wrong about the Broncos. Yeah. And, and I mean, we talked about it uh, in some of our earlier episodes. Russ has been a top 10 guy every single season, except for one when he was injured. So he's like this quarterback who's just been great for fantasy and just supported uh, wide receiver ones, even multiple wide receiver ones. And this year he's just bad. So it's, it's crazy. Um, he's been as bad as his personality. So, yeah. Yeah. And I actually, I saw a report today. I'm, I'm trying to find who said it just for 
the the sake of being accurate, but um, it was on Twitter and it was a credible source that said the the Broncos are currently looking to trade Jerry Judy. Like and uh, the one of the teams that was interested is the Miami Dolphins. So it's a it's a bad situation in Denver right yeah, now. I don't know if that's true at all. What like, that they're I, that they're trading him? I don't. I'm know. trying to find the report. I don't know I that it's true. Um, I'm not doubting that you saw a report because I've heard reports as well. I don't know that I. Um, I think that the report, if I remember correctly, was that they have received offers for, right? Which is different than like they're actively going out and shopping opposed to other teams looking and like sharks circling the water. You're right. That's you what it's, it was from Pro Football Focus. Yeah. They said the Broncos have received multiple trade inquiries, including the Miami Dolphins, for Jerry Judy. Yeah, I feel like it's just okay. so hard to go out That's and pay Russ. And then in like midseason, the first year that you paid him, like whatever crazy number of con- you know money they gave him. And then to be like, okay, we're actually going to, we're going to take away Jerry Judy. That, that would be surprising to me. Um, But I don't know. We'll see. Yep. All right. Shocking stat number four. We're talking about tight ends with this one. There are only six tight ends inside the top 12 that were consistently drafted this year. So six of the top 12 tight ends were, were drafted in most fantasy leagues. And then the other six that are in the top 12 were undrafted tight ends that people have been picking up and streaming. The, the six tight ends that were currently, or sorry, the six tight ends that were drafted that are in the top 12, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, and Pat Fryermuth. The six tight ends that are outside, that were not drafted, that are inside the top 12 are David Njoku, Taysom Hill, <laughs> Gerald Everett, Hayden Hurst, Will Disley, and Tyler Higby. So Jason, what this stat tells me is that you pretty much have to draft one of those top tight ends or it's just a complete mess. It's just a complete free for all. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I Well, I think there's two things you could look at it then. You could say either, yeah, I'm going to um, draft the top tight end or I'm just going to go no tight end, you know, not no tight end, obviously, but I'm just going to take a late tight end, which I think both of those are fine. Uh, what's maybe even scarier, though, is um, like the Kyle Pitts owner, you know, the Dalton Schultz owner. Right. I was going like, to say some of the notables that are outside the top 12 that were drafted everywhere. Kyle Pitts, Dalton Schultz, George Kittle, Darren Waller, Dawson Knox. Yeah. Are all currently outside the top 12 and were pretty much drafted everywhere. Yeah. And Dawson Knox was drafted late enough that probably didn't really hurt sure, you. Sure. He was drafted as the, I think um, the tight end eight. George Kittle, I think, will be good and injuries, like, which is just his story. Um, Darren Waller's just been disappointing and probably shouldn't be drafted, you know, where he is. Hawkinson was drafted. Uh, where? Yeah. I, I, Hawkinson's oh, in the top right. 12 he and he, 12. he was one of the okay. guys drafted. Um, yeah. So I think that that tells me a couple things you either probably want to go elite and make sure I'm going with fairly a safe option or I want to go late. And I would say not only do I want to go late, but also, and I noticed that like this as a failure of thing of something that I've done in past years is I've picked a guy late that I liked, uh, a la, like I didn't get Cole Komet this year, but like if I had Cole Komet to hang on to him too long, I think in the first three weeks you typically see, you just see guys break out. In the first three weeks, we saw David Njoku and Gerald Everett realistically break out. 
you know, like not, not in crazy ways, you know, I think that they, um, they scored 15 points or whatever, but you saw targets early on, you saw usage in the offense. Yep. And so if there's anything that I'm learning from this, it's a, either go super elite or wait, go nobody, you know, go a, go a really late guy and then be willing to drop that guy. Like it's hot, like be willing to just chase usage, um, in, in involvement in offense early and then, you know, maybe you end up uh, with, you know, tight end six, tight end eight, tight end 10, something like that. Uh, you know, I was, I remember last year I was able to do that. I drafted Higby late and man, I believed in him and he was my guy. <laughs> like I was pumped about it. Yeah. And in the end I um, pivoted to Dawson Knox and Dawson Knox was really, really good, you know, yeah. um, but it, but I had to pivot, you know, mm-hmm. um, this year, whoever pivoted to David and Joker, he's injured. So that might not end up well, but whoever pivoted to, uh, Gerald Everett is probably feeling really good right now. Yeah. Gerald Everett is the tight end seven average. Same with Tyler Higby. Really. Eight points a game. Yep. Higby's the tight end 12. He missed a game. Um, but he, you know, he has 50 targets this year, which is the third most at the tight end position. And I think no touchdowns, right? He has one touchdown. No, he has no touchdowns, yeah, right? No He's touchdowns. the only guy in the top 12 that has no touchdowns, but it's because he has 50 targets and yep. 34 catches. It's just it's just such a wasteland at the tight end position. If you don't have the Kelsey or Andrews, like it really just feels like a coin flip. Like even TJ Hawkinson is the tight end five, so you're probably thinking like, oh, that's great. Like he's the tight end five. I mean, how many of his points came on the one yeah, big one week? Yeah, one single week. I mean, that has jacked up his fantasy points per game significantly. 36 of them. Yeah, 36 of his 63 fantasy points on the season came in one yeah. games, and he's your tight end five on the season. It's Taysom okay, Hill's your that, tight end that three. That gave you a win that week against oh, yours did, truly. It, yeah. yeah, it did. <laughs> Taysom Hill's the tight end three. He has two catches, but he has five <laughs> rushing touchdowns. He's a different I know, category. but he's, he's in here as the as – the, so let me ask you, Jason, out of these names that are not in the top 12, Kyle Pitts, George Kittle, Darren Waller, Dawson Knox, which one of them would you want on your team for the yeah, rest of the season? George Kittle. Okay. Yeah, um, I would agree. I think Dawson Knox is in there uh, as well. Man, you really don't want Kyle Pitts. <laughs> no, I don't want Kyle Pitts at all. I know, and I don't blame you. I really don't. Like, I think Kyle Kyle Pitts can be dropped and probably should be oh, dropped in most feels leagues. so bad. Um, but I don't hate it. You know, whenever it's, it's the same thing that the bears offense was early when your offense doesn't pass the ball. And and I actually, I watched the, uh, their game this weekend. They were down almost the entire game. They were down by like three touchdowns at one point. The Falcons. Yeah. Okay. And, and they continued to run the football. Uh, so he had five (laughs) targets on Sunday. Uh, he had five targets, two and a half points, less than two and a half points the week before three targets he happened to catch all of them and score a touchdown his first of the year he still scored under 10 points Mm -hmm. like you would rather um you would rather roll out obviously any of the people in the top 12 we just mentioned i think um and you'd rather roll out everyone else like like uh you'd rather uh george kittle all of those other guys who are drafted you would rather roll them out i do feel like kyle pitts should not be played at this point and that, I mean, that hurts. Actually, here's the reason why Kyle Pitts might be the worst draft pick of the year because you kept playing him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Uh, I lost Trey Lance really early in the season. But guess what? I 
<laughs> I you play got to pivot it. Right I got away. to not play a bad Trey Lance. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. And so in that sense, I lost the I lost the value, but it was just gone. Whereas Kyle Pitts, you lost the value too. You just kept playing him, and that's why he's hurting you. So, uh, yeah, that's a bad pick. That sucks. Yep. All right, last shocking stat before we close up the show. Jason, I'm, I'm going to apologize in advance because this one might sting a little as someone who's over the age of 30 years old. Ooh, who's over the – oh, yeah. Here's, man, gonna, here's, the, here's the stat. There's only one quarterback inside the top 10 that is over the age of 30. Can you guess who that quarterback is? Um – Hmm. Yeah, I, I was watching football and they like referenced someone. They're like, he's thirty years old, as if it was like the super ancient age. Um, and it is. If you're younger than thirty, you're like, that, those people are old. Uh, I'm going back to that list of who um, inside the top ten. He's the only one that's over the age of thirty. Okay, give me. Um, I will gladly Gino tell you. Geno Smith? It is Geno Smith. Geno Smith is 32 years old, and he's the only one that's over the age of 30 in the top 10. And then here's the second part of the stat. Meanwhile, 12 of the next 18 quarterbacks in the list of the top 30 fantasy quarterbacks right now, 12 of the next 18 are all over the age of 30. So I'm not saying correlation equals causation here, but it's interesting to note that some of these guys who have been historically great for fantasy are starting to get caught up by father time guys like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, all having some of the worst seasons in their careers. And they're starting to get up there in age. So Jason, let me ask you, like, is this just a coincidence or is father time starting to catch up with some of these great quarterbacks? Because I also think, We've talked about this a little bit on the podcast too, that this NFL season is like down in total scoring by like 22% compared to recent years. And I I look at that across the board and I'm like, well, yeah, some of the former MVP level quarterbacks stink this year. Tom Brady, Rodgers, Russ, Stafford are just not getting it done this year. Not even just for fantasy, but as NFL quarterbacks. So back, back to my original question, is that just a coincidence or have these guys really just lost it? Yeah, so I think it's a little bit of a little bit of both, maybe. But uh, keep in mind, fantasy football is not measuring who the best quarterback is. Fantasy yep. football is pretend make believe football, and you know, like it really is. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! So <laughs> it's this is not real, as it guys. Um, is Kyler Murray the sixth best quarterback in the NFL? No, no. He's, he's not, but he's the sixth best fantasy football player this season. And so some, some of it is like exactly what we talked about earlier with rushing value is the old guys have been in the league long enough to know not to run to some extent. Not, yeah. Not, and yeah, that's and some point. of that's a father time thing of like, hey, they're not as fast as they used to be. But I mean, Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback today than some of these guys that are in the, than Kyler Murray. He's probably a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. It's debatable, but you know sure, what? Sure, like, sure. So some of it, I think, is just that rushing upside that we're seeing. Um, and then some of it I do think is just random as well. So a little bit, a little bit of both. Um, and I was sharing this with Joe earlier. This is not fantasy football related, <laughs> but, um, Joe is 26 now, just had his birthday. Yep. Uh, shout out, happy birthday to Joe. Thank and you. one of the things that I've read in the past is that as a 26 year old, that is the peak of your athletic prime. And man, let me tell you, I 
feel like I'm in yeah. my peak. Joe is Joe, Joe is elite Joe right now. He's oh yeah top I ain't tier no average Joe. Yeah, no, he is he is elite. We are Meanwhile, above average Joe. I'm like I'm multiple years past prime. You know, I'm just it is it is sloppy. <laughs> It is uh, just struggling over here. So I mean, that's you know somewhat true, I guess, of these guys as well, where like they're they are past their athletic prime and they're trying to hang on. And I think some of that you know comes out in fantasy. Yep, and I think you're right. These these a lot of these guys are still going to be able to get it done on an NFL field, but for fantasy football purposes, it is it's the younger guys who are out there running around, picking up plays with their legs and, and getting it done that way but i i know that that probably doesn't mean a whole lot for fantasy that stat i just thought it was interesting that all of the best quarterbacks for fantasy this year just so happened to be the young guys and a lot of the the older guys are the ones who are struggling jason out of all those shocking stats that i just read which was the most interesting that you learned um i don't even remember any of them are you kidding me Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um i think the most shocking one was it's got to be the the one with the wide receivers? Yeah, I think it's wide receiver one. targets. Uh, I don't know, dude. It might be the tight end one. Like to just to think that literally the fantasy football community, you has know, gotten like, so like, many yeah. of these. And wrong. there's there's like a bunch of money attached to fantasy football. There's so many people who think and who care about fantasy football, and literally ever all of those people collectively put their minds together, and were wrong and or right fifty percent of the time. Yeah. You know, that um, I think that, that should make all of us feel better about all the dumb things we think about fantasy. Like, so whoever you draft on your team it and you're sure like, this guy's going to be makes awesome. makes me feel better about putting Cole Komet on the first team all Joe. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that stinks. It um, does. And I have some of those, too, that I don't talk about publicly. I just hide in but a cellar. Y- fantasy football is unpredictable. It's hard. You can do all you can put all the time, all the study, all the research into it. And then guys get hurt and then offensive lines aren't as good as you think they are. And players don't get utilized the way that you think they're going to. And it's just, it's just hard. It is hard to predict the, the year after year of fantasy football. Like Jason, I I know in the past I've been uh, a big proponent of like it's skill over luck in fantasy football. Um, And I, I do think skill matters. I'm not saying it doesn't, but Jason, in my, in my other league, the league that we're not in, I'm currently rolling out, three of the top six fantasy running backs and none of that is attributed to my skill necessarily i have eckler i have josh jacobs and i i have Brees hall i'm, I'm not going to have Brees hall unfortunately but like those three guys are in the top six and that's not because i'm some fantasy football shaman i just i got lucky and i have all three of those guys so it's it's a fun game that we get to play and we get to talk about. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. I mean, it's one of those things where both skill and luck come into it. Uh, and what do they say? It's better to be lucky than good, right? Yep. Sometimes in fantasy football, it's better to be lucky than good uh, if you dra- if you drafted the right guy. So. Yep. All right. I think that's it. Jason, you got anything else or can I shut it down? Oh, man. Shut it down. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Fantasy Football Time Podcast. This was a fun one for me. I hope it was a fun one for you at home listening or in the car listening. Make sure you keep tuning in to the show for some great fantasy football content coming your way. I truly believe the best is yet to come for Fantasy Football Time. For Joe Wallach, for Jason Gruber, we hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you guys next time.